0: You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. Thanks for listening today. If you enjoyed the podcast, please review and give us 5 stars wherever you get your podcast. Every review matters. Welcome to Security Sandbox. I'm Amanda Pinnell, Chief Security Officer at Relativity, where we help the legal and compliance world solve complex data problems securely. And that takes a lot of creativity. One of the best things about a sandbox is that you can try anything. This season, let's explore how curiosity and personal passions inspire stronger security. Grab your shovel and let's dig in. In today's episode, our sandbox heads to the stars for a revealing discussion on how self-introspection and awareness can lead to better, high-functioning teams in the workplace. Joining me for today's discussion are Beth Clutterbuck, Chief Human Resources Officer at Relativity, and Emily Parker, an American astrologer who's been practicing and teaching astrology for over two decades. So here's your sign to turn up the headphones and settle in. Self-introspection you know, you have to know yourself before you can truly work well with a team, with a partner, in any dynamic, right? So I'm going to say when you're trying to find out about yourself, if somebody were to look for the stars, I'll start with you, Emily. Oh, my god What do you think a layperson should know about astrology if they've just never encountered it? Or even worse, if they're like, oh, my God, no, astrology is horrible. Like, what's some of the things you think you would tell somebody if you're at a party and they ask you about
1: it? Right. Well, astrology does give a lot of insights into all areas of life, but it really does help us to work to reflect on ourselves and who we are, and also who other people are and how they work in our lives. What's the dynamic? What can we do with them? How creative can we be? What successes can we have? And how do we pursue that?
0: So this is supposed to be a tool, really, for trying to figure this out. Absolutely. how you look at it. Okay. Absolutely. Hmm. Beth, I mean, I feel like after working with you now for a while, we use a lot of tools here in HR for this, this fostering the self-introspection. Do you see some tools that are similar that you're using with HR? Any techniques?
2: Oh, absolutely. And there's so many out there. Uh, And almost all of the techniques and tools involve collecting feedback, either asking those around you to provide input or asking tough questions of yourself, and typically the first one, you know, we collected via 360 reviews, focus groups, interviews. And the second is via diagnostics, uh, of which there are so many flavors, DISC, MBTI, StrengthsFinder, Hogan, Herman Holbrain. I could go on and on. So wait, I'm really, really excited at astrology.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, did wait? did you do your Strength finder? You've done yours before?
2: I have, but I have got a, I haven't looked at it in a long, long time. The last one that I did was Hogan um, and Herman Holbrain. I did that for a very long time. MBTI, I used, I used to be certified at MBTI, but um, there's just so many out that there.
0: Which MBTI is for anyone who doesn't know.
2: Myers-Briggs, it's Myers-Briggs. Um, and it's a whole, it's, it's actually quite a, a robust methodology to really kind of look at different components. Mm. Um so. And I'm an ENTJ
1: for those that are in the know.
0: I, I didn't know. I'm an INTJ.
1: Okay. I'm also an INTJ.
0: <laughs> Interesting. So, I feel like you could have guessed that though. Like
1: The I and the J, yes, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yes, yes. Didn't think the T. That's, oh. Didn't think the T. Yeah.
2: Mm. I'm actually huge J. Lower on the um, E. I'm actually borderline EI. Uh, when I, when I get, more energy. I actually have to have alone time, which is interesting, but I've, I can play the extrovert really well. That's legitimately how I am. I have
0: to play the extrovert. I'm, I'm like 90% at this point, every time I take it, it gets worse. It's like I'm, I'm (laughs) infected or something with introversion, but, um, but some you know, it's part, it's one of those things that it's just we, we lose our energy over time when we have yeah. to be around a lot of people. So it's just that, just the recharge is very much the the home alone, reading a book with a glass of wine. That's
2: my recharge. Yes, but, yes. and introspection and being introverted is actually a huge strength, just as all differences are. So for you, Beth, what does inclusion look
0: like today when you think of this? Because it used to be simple. It was like, oh, it's race, it's uh, gender, and so on. Is, uh, is inclusion different now?
2: You know, I'm, I'm going to go kind of off on a tangent here. And I'm hope, I hope that you've seen the movie Shrek.
1: <laughs> Who hasn't? Right?
2: Because Shrek is like one of, <laughs>
1: yeah, I have yeah.
2: three kids. I've watched Shrek and all of the Shreks like gazillions of times. So one of my favorite parts uh, in Shrek, the first one, is when Donkey is talking to the ogre. <laughs> and he's trying to say that, you know, an ogre is like a parfait made of layers.
0: It's an onion.
2: It's an oh onion. And the ogre's going, no, it's an, an ogre's not a parfait. It's an onion. Well, the whole point is that either a parfait or an onion, it's layers, right? And every human is made of multiple layers based upon all sorts of different aspects that make us uniquely who we are. Um, and I think When I think of inclusion, I think it's first embracing that concept and then understanding how your layers might be complementary, might be different, and then really being okay with, actually, difference is wonderful, and let me explore that. Let me, let me find both the commonalities and the different areas, and then really using all that great intel to have an authentic common ground to have a conversation to build trust to to deepen the relationship so that's kind of what i think about i sometimes smile cuz i'm like it's it's parfait it is we're all made of layers
1: beth this is great i have never used the parfait analogy <laughs> i've never used that and i just wanted to say beth you sound like an astrologer everything you I just gonna said i was going
0: to ask you this sounds like astrology it so sounds tell exactly us how it feels like the same
1: the most specific thing that she said is the the diversity within someone I believe is is how you're putting it, Beth, that people are extremely complex and there is the ability to look at a chart and see certain inclinations that a personality may develop in someone, you know, how they develop their personality, I mean. And then when you talk with them and you learn about their life experience and how they've applied different strengths, how they've dealt with different weaknesses that they may have that they've, you know, then, you know, found ways to work through meeting challenges. Um, You do that with a, with a lot of different tools. Astrology is just one of them and being able to really be open to who that person is and listen to them is is a really key thing.
0: I think that must be where the inclusion part always seems to come in and is the most important that people are like, you can acknowledge that people have different perspectives, but do you genuinely listen to them? are you listening and hearing them? There's a, there's a line from another movie, but it's like, can you hear it or are you listening? It's two different things. And so it, it's something that you have to keep in mind that those, those different perspectives, when they come up, you should embrace them and, and listen to them and allow some space that they may be right. I've often seen that come up with a lot of things in security that um, someone from the team will want to do something that I absolutely just don't agree with based on my experience or et cetera, or my risk appetite. And at the end we end up doing it, but I always caveat it to say, just so you know, I don't agree with this, but I'd like to give space for the fact that I'm wrong. So let's go for it. And sometimes it works and it, it is what it is, but.
1: And you can be pleasantly surprised, right? With some of the results, which is wonderful. Well,
0: if I always thought I was right about everything, how boring would that be? If I never gave space to anything, I'd never see anything new. I would never embrace anything new and exciting and and as the, as the panelist here today who's an Aries, new and exciting, is my it's my forte. So that is what I like to look for. Right.
2: Fantastic. And I, I would just double down on the fact that, you know, the reason why there are so many tools and diagnostics out there is really so that people have all sorts of different methodologies to find more about themselves, um, to really kind of be able to look at it from different angles. Um, and then once you get well equipped at looking at yourself, you can then apply that to others around you and you can find the nuance and you can say, okay, well, this is how I can adapt my style. This is how I can adapt my approach so that I can actually have a better and more fruitful interaction, Um, you know, and it could be all sorts of things. And I love the fact that we're talking about astrology because over my HR career, I've done so many different tools and (laughs) diagnostics, but I've never really, you know,
1: thought about actually look at astrology.
0: We're going to have Beth be our resident (laughs) astrologer now.
1: (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Beth, you really do. You just sound like an astrologer, like the way you think, which I think is really great because astrology is so much about people and you know people so well because of what you do and mm. you have so such high interaction with them. And I don't know, like you just I love your point of view and like where you're coming with things. It's great. Oh, thanks. Yeah.
0: Actually, I even thought about that when I was thinking about the preparation for today and stuff. I was like, God, this is so awesome because this is about people getting to know themselves and Beth loves people. Like this is the thing right. she does is tries to figure people out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's very good. Um, this is kind of one of the things that I was wondering about that I think people hear about astrology. They hear that it's like, you know, you're trying to be introspective, learn more about yourself. What can or can it not predict or forecast? You know, we do a lot of forecasting and predictions and security and especially at a tech company. This is what we do a, a ton of our strategy is about predictions, forecasts, and so on. What is the limits of astrology?
1: Right. Currently, in my opinion, and I think a lot of other astrologers, we don't really know the limits of astrology. There's a lot of really serious study and thought um, in the world about it. Um, but we do know that... Um, we as humans have a lot of really big influence on how we live our lives. As we all know that there's a lot of, that free will is a real thing. Um, and we can look at trends. We look at cycles in astrology and we try to see where things might go, um, how they might go and what we can do to incorporate, um, better changes if possible. Um, and usually there are, usually there's a lot of things that we can do to make things better, but we do investigate a lot of different areas. Um, just like in probably cybersecurity, check out a lot of different, different things to discover what's going on and why and what can be done.
0: This is great to be able to use tools for introspection or to identify something that you could say is, for lack of a better way, something that's hardwired into you. But when do you stop Using that as a cop out for something like, oh, I can't be patient because I'm just not, you know, that's not how I'm wired. When does emotional intelligence kick in and like, what does that look like?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think anytime we try to hide behind a piece of data or a framework, um, it's just usually a symptom that we're worried about showing our vulnerability, and that we're worried about coming off as being less than, uh, which is a true human reaction. Um, Unfortunately, it puts a barrier up, and you don't actually get to uh, the level of trust to be able to build the relationships. And so, you know, I I think, I certainly see when people do that. And I, I, for me, that's a sign that I have to come at it from a different angle. uh, And, not allow that piece of data or that framework to actually define someone because it's not. uh, It's, you know, I I think if someone said, well, well, you know, I'm an Aquarius and therefore, you know, I'm eccentric, um, which (laughs) is what they say about Aquarius. And yes, I am slightly eccentric in certain things and other things. I'm incredibly the opposite. Um, But if I use that all the time to validate Um, actions that were inappropriate or things that I did that were harmful to others um, or hurtful to others and use that as my sort of rationale, you know, that that's that's really the opposite of what we're actually talking about, right? That's putting up barriers and not really understanding yourself or using what you know about yourself to build better relationships
1: with others. I did want to say one thing to what Beth said and and just sort of address the fact that You could use astrology or any other thing. You could say you're an Aquarius. You could say it's Tuesday. And this is the reason why I'm acting how I'm acting. So it's really about emotional intelligence, like what you're saying, Amanda, and it's about maturity. And in every sign in the zodiac, with every planet, um, with everything that we're looking at, we look at the higher and lower energies and how they get expressed. And what we're trying to do is bring our best to the table.
0: Are there, and, and I'll ask this actually for both of you in your industries. So I'll start. I'm going to start with Emily because it's going to be an easier answer. Is there a non-starter for you? Is there something if you see in a chart, you're like, nope, not getting involved, not
1: interested? With astrology, absolutely not. I'm going to say that most astrologers are going to look at a chart and look at the positive potentials of any individual. And I mean that, any individual. And they're going to try to explore how that could be expressed best. We have a lot of history where we can look at people that didn't give their best, or did things that were cruel or not great. We have experiences, we have, um, events in the world that we can look at and we can actually look at the astrological information and, and look at that data, um, and, you know, see what it's doing and, uh, look at consequences, look at what fed into that. Um, so so,
0: events for events in the world, are you saying like, mm -hmm. you look back at 2020 and it was like, this was predictive.
1: It was, and there were astrologers that did predict that. There's a lot of astrologers in the world, and just like any other field, there are good astrologers and ones that aren't as good. And so, unfortunately, sometimes you know who is getting the attention might not be um, the astrologers that are more um, experienced or who do good practice. And that's not to disparage anyone or anyone in any practice, but. It takes a long, long time to study. And people just don't get that. They think they read one book and they're an expert, you know, um, or whatever it is. But that's everybody that's human in any subject... (laughs) 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 Well, if you knew how
0: many (laughs) experts in COVID there are right now. Oh my God. Yes, exactly.
1: Well, that's (laughs) why there were only a few astrologers and they were very good astrologers that actually said, listen, we had similar configurations to the pandemic back during the Black Plague. We had this and that. And they said, listen, we're not saying that it's going to happen. We're saying like some stuff might go down, you know, like this is like prepare, right? Like I told you, uh, Amanda, that there was an astrologer actually moved to a remote area of Australia because they were like, oh my God, they left Britain and they went to australia to just kind of like hide out till it was over and they predicted that things will get better by the way
0: so beth to go back to that question about the non-starters i'll ask because you're in charge of of hr at a company that is wildly successful we are super powerful growing doing so many amazing things and empowering so many people to do their best in their career when we do a lot of these different assessments and tools and, and and try to figure out self-introspection, but also team dynamics, are there any
2: non-starters there? Are you like, oh, no, this person's not going to work out here? <laughs> uh, you know, surprisingly, just the same as Emily has iterated, right? Like everyone has different layers, different experiences, different strengths, different areas that are underdeveloped. There's no non-starters. It's basically trying to find that authentic common ground as a starting place. And once you have that, um, you can start to build trust, build relationships. Um, So definitely no non-starters. For me, I think it's the more that you can actually understand about others um, and really look at it from their point of view versus from your own point of view. Um, I think I certainly see the most rapid development when individuals are starting with others and they're embracing difference. It's difference being something that's wonderful, uh, something to explore, something to, to understand more. Uh, that's where I really kind of see the magic happen. So
0: how do you approach, if you have introspection, if you have people's Myers-Briggs or so on, um- and you have a high-functioning team. How do you approach that integration, and, and how you try to interact with everyone? Is it something that you reevaluate every year? Do you just keep it top of mind as you approach complex or difficult situations? How can we best wield
2: these tools for
0: self-introspection?
2: Yeah, I mean, there's so many great best practices uh, and techniques out there. But the first is obviously talk about it, <laughs> talk about it as a team, uh, really understand. So first of all, you know, it's always helpful to have an expert help you understand it, your interpretations, which is, I love the analogy to Emily in astrology, because, you know, you've, you have someone who might be certified in Myers-Briggs or Strengths Finder. They're going to be able to uh, digest the information in a way that is really easy to consume. Once you have that and everyone's had that experience, then come together and be really transparent about, hey, this is what I've learned about myself. Were you surprised by that? What do you think? And that really starts to open up um, the feedback and people will start talking and will say, hey, listen, and then once you actually get past that point, and sometimes that can be, Um, all sorts of messy and all sorts of great. It really depends on what's coming out and what the vulnerability of people willing to share. But once you actually have that all on the table, then you can say, okay, well, let's agree how we want to work together. What do we think now with this information that we have, what would be the most optimum way for us to organize how we work together? Um, You know, for example, and and this is not, you know, personality or strengths, etc. If you know you've got individuals who are just self-declared not morning people. And, you know, you as a team have said, Hey, listen, we want to have a really important stand up every week. Probably not a great idea to organize it at seven o'clock in the morning, because you know that your colleague is not going to show up at their best. Similarly, if you've got a vegan friend, you're not going to invite them over for dinner and then make steak. So it's like, how do you make sure that you're accommodating and you're creating your team dynamic and your ways of working that bring out the best in everyone? I have um, okay, so I've got three areas that
0: I feel like have really bubbled to the top here. and I'm gonna pull them together and see if this is what you both agree on. We seem to be a really obvious connection between high performing teams that are happy and introspection and learning about yourself in terms of astrology. I think this importance of the onion and the layers is a big one. And we can't get out of here without many Shrek references. So (laughs) expect that on social media, but the importance of the onion, the layers, the complexity that each individual brings and embracing that I think is just a really prevalent one. Leveraging experts or data or interpretation of data in some way for that self-introspection, whether that's astrology, Myers-Briggs and so on, but leveraging someone in you know, a professional capacity in their area that could help you to guide through that data. Uh, I know that that we've actually had Emily do something as a team building event before with some of our people and not everybody believed in astrology and some people really didn't want anything to do with it, but they had a lot of fun learning about each other on their own, regardless of what the data said. But I think having some interpretation of something there and just being open-minded to what's being said is is very good. It's a big one. So leveraging an expert. And this third one Uh, It feels like it's about finding and curating what the feedback loop should be in your life to make sure that you're bringing the best that you can be. Those signs, the the pluses and deltas. It's really about that change. Is it? Oh, yay.
1: Oh, wow. Yes, that's like the best point ever. That's awesome. Because everything really, you know, we tend to repeat the same mistakes if we don't learn from them, (laughs) right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of like what you're saying. I think what Beth said earlier, too, she's talking about people finding details about each other so that they can then... Seek similar goals, create real goals that can be achieved, and, and on, finding achievable yeah. goals, which is something yeah. that we may put goals out there, but we might not necessarily get to that mark. And the way to get there is to work together. Mm-hmm. Collaboration is extremely important, and, and synastry is important. That's when you put charts and people together. And you learn and you build bridges and you do, you know, as cheesy as that cliche that might sound like, but it's really true. You build a place where you meet together and you say, we're in this together. You know, I'll use another analogy. We're in the same boat. What are we going to do? How are we going to do it? How are we going to succeed? You know, and, and what does that look like? Right. Yeah, And if you're
2: optimizing for bringing out the best in everyone around you. And it's, it's less, less around how can I show up as being the best or the most important, but how can I ensure that I'm creating the environment where my team or my colleagues can be at their best? And if everyone is operating at their best, collectively, oh my gosh, you're going to totally smash it.
0: You know, there's, it's, I do always end on a quote and there's one that's like bubbling up for me and I don't know why I feel like I just have like a dictionary of quotes or like a little lexicon here ready to go but there's this idea of um, we're, we're all trying to do something here where we feel like we contribute and we're being better and we're learning along the way there's one and I know that Emily will love this one so Stephen Hawking oh yeah has a quote <laughs> says uh, look up at the stars and not down at your feet try to make sense of what you see and wonder about what makes the universe exist. Anyone who's made it to the end of this episode, I can tell you these last two words will be the most impactful. Be curious.
2: I, I love that. Oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And be open, be curious, be, and be open. open. And be Difference curious. is great. It's been wonderful. Both of you have been
0: so awesome to have on. I feel like this should be a repeat episode because we had about 50 other things we didn't get to. So I'm really I'm up for, we'll it. Took for it. Yes,
1: <laughs> definitely. And it's great to be in the sandbox. It's awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, thank
0: <laughs> Thanks for digging into these topics with us today. We hope you got some valuable insights from the episode. Please share your comments. Give us a rating. We'd love to hear from you.
2: Security Sandbox is produced by Relativity. Our theme music was created by Monarch. Find us wherever you listen
1: to your podcasts or visit relativity.com for more episodes.